Instant reaction. WWE stomping grounds. Admit it. You forgot there was a wrestling pay-per-view tonight. You had no idea. And then you probably were on Twitter. And in between reading the latest on Mickey Calloway being a fool, you saw hashtag stomping grounds. And you said, ah, oh, crap, that's right. I pay $9.99 a month. I may as well check it out. I didn't forget there was a pay-per-view tonight, but I admit I wasn't really looking forward to it because what about this pay-per-view would have excited you? Is it Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre? Is it one of the women's matches, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans? Was it who's the guest referee going to be for Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin? Was it Kofi and Ziggler in a cage? There was nothing about this pay-per-view that excited you. Before I get to all these matches, what I thought, where they're going, why this pay-per-view turned out to be a waste of time. Can I start with Mickey Calloway? Now, I'm well behind because on this gorgeous Sunday afternoon, my game plan was to spend a bulk of this afternoon after playing baseball with my family, with me familia. So I'm hanging out, I'm chilling, I'm playing tag with my son. He keeps repeating the name Pete Alonzo. And so I did not start the Met game on DVR until about, I'd say, 5.30. So I was well behind. The game was probably over at that point. And whenever I watch a game on DVR, which I do maybe not as frequently as I used to, but I do it often, I, I tend to have a feeling about where the game is going to go. And I tend to be right. And today I was dead wrong because I'm watching Jake even when Seth Lugo came in and wasn't dominant at all in that seventh inning, I just, I don't know why, I was confident. What a freaking moron I am. And Seth Lugo's ahead of Javier Baez 0-2. And here's the thing. If Mickey Calloway had anybody in this bullpen he could trust, I would be screaming from the loudest mountaintop, get Lugo out of the game, when clearly he didn't have his best stuff. And I guess I'll still scream from the mountaintop. Why not go to Edwin Diaz? Why not? It's better than Robert Gazelman, and it's also better than making Seth Lugo throw 40 freaking pitches in a game in which he wasn't very effective. So this game ends, the Mets lose. I'm frustrated. Feels like I got kicked in the balls. Thought for a second, hey, maybe this is about to begin this run. Two straight wins, the blowout on Saturday. Alonzo's Mark McGuire minus the steroids. Jake's on the mound. They're getting a Cole Hamels. It actually felt all good. Obviously, it's blown by this bullpen, specifically Lugo and this manager. And then I check all my messages, you know, text messages, because I try to stay away from them when I DVR a Mets game. And I get LOL Mets. Ernie, our producer for the midday show, says, we got to get somebody on from the Met locker room. And now I spend a minute guessing what the hell are they talking about it's bad enough they lost this game but we're not loling mickey calloway keeping seth lugo in the game what happened and i gotta tell you as i was going to twitter to find out i couldn't even guess i couldn't even like put together a wild guess that would tell me that mickey calloway mr we're gonna love everybody gee golly everything's all right we're, we're one swing away from a win streak that he was about to get all mfr on a reporter and, I mean, what's, what's the debate? He embarrassed himself. Mickey Calloway embarrassed himself. And if that's the final nail on his managerial tenure, 
with the New York Mets. So be it. The guy should have been fired months ago. The guy is an incompetent manager, and I'm not afraid to say that. Was he going to MF me too? I mean, you got to get over yourself. Look, I wasn't in that room. I don't know if the comment about we'll see you tomorrow, whatever the reporter said, was sarcastic, but the truth is it doesn't even matter. you got to be bigger than that. And I get it. You're a manager. You're a player. You get a lot of pain-in-the-ass questions, especially after a loss, and that's brutal. That's that that is tough. It's a, it's but it's a it's a part of the freaking job. It's a part of the job. Reporters are going to be annoying. They're going to ask tough questions or they're not going to ask tough questions. They're going to just make douchey statements to you. And you know what you have to do? You have to get the hell over it. You can't let it bother you. And so Mickey Calloway, who's not only embarrassed this franchise as an incompetent manager, but now he embarrassed them as an ambassador. And let's face it, he's not managing. He's not making the lineup. He's a puppet. We all know that. And the only thing that can come out of this that's good is maybe the owner, who has no idea what he's doing, will say, hey, this was embarrassing. I should fire this manager, and we should hire somebody who's not only competent, but somebody who we're going to let make decisions a la Joe Girardi. But I digress. More from Joe and I on this Monday, 10 a.m. Let me get to the wrestling. The guest referee thing. And that was the main event. And I'm not surprised the main event was Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, because when you look up and down this card, it kind of had to be. But that's the problem. You know, Baron Corbin is getting X-Pac heat. He's not getting heat because he's such a good heel. That's not happening. People don't like Baron Corbin. And they certainly don't believe he's a main event player. And Seth Rollins, who deserves this run as universal champion, feels like a main eventer. He needs better opponents. Because one thing about championship runs in the history of this company is a lot of the runs are based on who you faced. Are you getting good opponents? Part of the problem with Diesel's 1995 run was not only the fact that Diesel was a garbage wrestler and the Diesel character sucked, sorry, But look who Diesel was fighting. You know, we're supposed to get all excited about the two cool dudes with attitude when him and Shawn Michaels are, you know, feuding with the British Bulldog or whatever, or Diesel's fighting King Mabel at SummerSlam. A part of what killed Diesel's title run is that he didn't have compelling opponents. And a lot of that was the roster at the time. I mean, who was compelling for Diesel to wrestle? Shawn Michaels, okay, they got that at WrestleMania, and then quickly ended that feud, and Bret Hart, who we didn't see until Diesel gave the title to Bret, or lost the title to Bret at Survivor Series. Psycho Sid? Who cares? Wasn't working. The British Bulldog? Tag team matches with everything on the line? Didn't they do that at an in-your-house? That killed Diesel's title run. AJ Styles, great opponent right out of the gate. But if you remember, if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, (laughs) you know, you like hearing all this wrestling talk, you'd remember that one of my biggest issues with AJ and Seth, it was too quick. That's, That's a feud you build up towards. That's not a feud you give us right out of the gate. So they're giving us Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, you know, months after Seth got the Universal Championship. And there are other options. This isn't Diesel 1995. There are other options. Baron Corbin can't be one of them. And I'm sorry. Oh, who's the guest referee? Oh, that's exciting. It's not. 
especially when you deliver Lacey Evans. And I don't mean any disrespect to Lacey Evans. I like her character. I was going to get into the fact that I like her character. And I like that match she had with Becky. But I don't want this being mixed up. You know what I mean? Like, Lacey Evans can't be involved in the Universal Championship feud. She's brand new to the roster. Has she won a match? I mean, they put her right in the Raw Women's title picture. Cool. She hasn't won. And now I'm supposed to get into her being the guest referee because... Well, now all we want to talk about is that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are a couple. So clearly this makes sense. But can I ask you this? If they're such a great couple, right? Becky loves her Seth. How come Becky Lynch took eight hours to come out to the ring? I don't get it. Her boy is getting hit with a chair. Lacey slapping her. We're changing the rules to the match. What the hell is she doing? What's she doing backstage? And don't give me this, come on, Evan, it's scripted. I know it's scripted. I'm questioning the script. That's what I'm doing right now. So I didn't like it. What am I going to tell you? I didn't like the main event. I didn't like anything about the main event. I like the fact that Seth Rollins didn't lose the title to Baron Corbin. And, you know, I'm not the only one who didn't like the main event. The crowd was chanting CM Punk. CM Punk hasn't been in a WWE ring in a half a decade, and the crowd is chanting for him because chanting CM Punk's name is a sign that you don't like the garbage going on in the ring. That's what it's code for. Baron Corbin can't be a main eventer, and he certainly can't be a main eventer when he's wrestling in a dress shirt. Can we stop with that? So there's your main event. Now let me get to Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch. I... I, I'll start with Lacey. I like her character. I think it's different. I think she plays it well. I think as a wrestler, she's okay. I like the fact that that match, this was old school in my book. She was working on a body part, except the body part she was working on was Becky Lynch's ponytail. And for whatever reason, I found that very entertaining. When she put her in that move where Becky's back is bent against the post and Lacey is pulling her ponytail, I found that very enjoyable. I thought that was... I thought that was a cool move. Now, you'll notice this pattern. You want to be surprised. Now, you don't want stupid surprises, but you want, I guess, uncertainty with who's going to win a match. I never had uncertainty with this. You know, Becky's already dropped the SmackDown title, which I liked. I liked the fact that she defended both titles, had to do it on one show. We knew that wasn't going to last. She dropped it. That's fine. There was never a thought she was dropping this title, Lacey Evans. And that's kind of the problem. When you take somebody new, when you take a new character, and you instantly put them in a quote-unquote main event. I know this isn't the main event. It was the opening match of the night. Uh, I, I don't think right now the women's division is main event anymore because it was main event because of Ronda Rousey. I'm sorry. That's why it was main event. It's not main event right now, even with the Becky two belts, now Becky one belt. So... That's kind of the problem. You, you take somebody who's new, you take somebody that's a, a brand new character, you put them in a title picture. If they don't win the title, where are they going? And I guess the attempt to put her as guest referee was to keep her over. And she is kind of over, but she's lost to Becky Lynch twice now, right? Are we up to two? By the way, uh, to sound like a fashion critic, that red outfit she came out in was tremendous. I mean, that, was, that, was, that was a great outfit. But that's the problem with Lacey Evans right now. 
I like that character. I do. Have I said that a few times? I do. I like it. The sassy Southern Belle. Let's get to a match uh, nobody cared about. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against New Day. That is what we call filler. Kevin Owens on his own. Uh, great. Sami Zayn on his own, even with his new character. Entertaining. This as a tag team match. Who gives a damn? I do like the fact that Owens and Zayn won because New Day serves no benefit from winning. So that was good. Ricochet Samoa Joe. See, this is the one match of the night where I would admit to you I'm sort of surprised. And I think I'm happy surprised. I think it's a good surprise. Ricochet is very, very good. And the fear I have with Ricochet is they're going to take this young... Is he young, by the way? I don't even know how old he is. I'm just assuming he's young. He's young because I haven't seen him uh, until recently, until he made his debut on Raw. But he's a high flyer. And high flyers are cool. And then, fortunately... That scares me that he's going to turn into what's his name? What's that? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, who's now who was supposed to wrestle for AEW, and then he didn't like the booking, and he's got oh his name is Pac with AEW. Yeah, so there you go. I forget what they called him in WWE already, but he was awesome, and they just never used him. And they have a tough time sometimes using guys like that because there is a cruiserweight show, but. He's more than a cruiserweight. He's incredibly entertaining. And I'm surprised they put him over Samoa Joe Clear. He did that amazing finishing move where he, you know, tumbles over 18 times. So I like it for Ricochet. They certainly put him over. They gave him a belt. Hopefully he's going to defend it successfully for a while. But where are we with Samoa Joe at this point? I mean, is Samoa Joe's run in the WWE basically over? You know, they gave him some main event opportunities. He had a match against Brock Lesnar. He was in, I think, the SummerSlam Fatal 4-Way or Fatal 5-Way, whatever the match that was. He had that feud with AJ Styles. They gave him the U.S. title. He loses it to Rey Mysterio and then just gets it back. Now he puts over Ricochet. Where's his future? I mean, it's kind of done, isn't it? The Samoa Joe WWE run is what it is. And they did te- see this part's intriguing. They teased Ricochet, AJ Styles. Now, there's an aspect of this I like. There's an aspect of it I don't like. I don't like the fact that a guy who is the WWE champion for a year is now, what, chasing the U.S. title? And I, trust me, I get it. That's happened a million times now. We've seen that a billion times with a world champion going after a mid-card title. I guess with AJ, it just feels dirty because AJ was such a good champion. And that's part of the problem. And that leads in to Daniel Bryan. But let me finish my point here with AJ Styles. AJ Styles ricochet because they teased it with that awkward photo shoot segment. And AJ's there. And he's like, I'll see you soon or whatever he said to him. I don't think they're going on a date. I think they're going to wrestle. And that's going to be an awesome match. That's going to be great. But I guess I'm just fretting what the outcome is. Because if Ricochet wins and beats AJ clean, I don't know. I don't think of it, it ricochet quite yet as a guy that should be beating AJ Styles clean but then on the other end of things I don't want AJ Styles winning the U.S. title I want him fighting in the main event and that's the issue with Daniel Bryan so this tag team match was a really good match I, I could even argue that Bryan and Rowan against Heavy Machinery was the best match of the night in fact you know what screw it I'm gonna argue it I thought this was the best match of the night 
I thought it was entertaining. I thought this Otis guy is hilarious. I thought when he was hulking up or bulking up or whatever he was doing to the Daniel Bryan kicks, I thought that was entertaining. I thought the match was awesome. I really did. I'm saying it as if I'm surprised myself. I don't know if I should be surprised. I don't know that much about heavy machinery. I know they're funny looking. And I shouldn't like it because Daniel Bryan is too good for this crap. Daniel Bryan needs to be in the main event. Daniel Bryan needs to be fighting with Kofi Kingston or fighting with Seth Rollins or doing something that involves not being in a tag team. This guy was on the pre-show for something. Did I think that? Did I say that? Was he on some pre-show? Did they still do pre-show? Was there a pre-show tonight? <laughs> I have no idea. I tuned in at 7. I don't know. Was there? Daniel Bryan's too good for this. And you know how I know that? The crowd still loves him. And I'm not just using this night at stomping grounds. In general, people love him. They want to cheer him, but I think they also appreciate him as a heel and the gimmick that he's going with. So that's why the match was great. He was awesome. Otis was awesome. Rowan is what he is. The other guy's all right, too. But... He's better than this. He needs to be in something bigger and better. I feel like they're wasting him. And I feel like if they waste him, he's going to want to leave and go to to AEW. But I think Daniel Bryan did sign a contract extension. So that's the good news. He isn't going anywhere. You know what they did very well in this match? Bryan and Rowan retain, and they got heavy machinery over. They, they, They did that very well. They did that a couple of times tonight. And I think they did that here. Like, they sort of did that with Becky and Lacey, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Heavy Machinery is entertaining. I just, I want Brian doing bigger things than retaining the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Bailey, Alexa Bliss, blah. Yeah, uh, I don't really care. They've tried to make the feud interesting. To me, it's not. I don't really care about the other girl. Bailey needed to win. She did win. I, I really don't have anything else to say. Let's get to what offends me and offends you, and that's Shane McMahon. Because I have to do this every podcast. I am now starting to believe the worst with Shane McMahon. He's going to win a championship. I think that's the next step. I think the next step is Shane McMahon ends his feud with Roman Reigns. Of course, he has a victory over him in Saudi Arabia, though we probably shouldn't even count that as a win. And he's going, this son of a bitch is going to win the WWE championship. I'm convinced of this now. He is going to beat Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam. Write it down. And start being afraid when you start to see Shane paying attention to Kofi. And that disgusts me. He's not a good wrestler. He's not good on the microphone. Why? Why are we doing And don't tell he's Vince's son. Who gives a crap? And the ratings aren't even moving for it. It's not like people care. You know, make Roman look strong. Well, Roman was strong that. He beat Drew McIntyre, one of Vince's boys. Yet Roman Reigns can't go over Shane McMahon in Saudi Arabia. And this whole match was, you know, we saw it at WrestleMania. We know these are two guys that, you know, will eventually be in the title picture. You would think they'll be in the title picture. Roman eventually has to get back to the title picture. You've got Shane. Got to make him look good. He does his stupid coast-to-coast thing, which, by the way, that move was cool one time. At WrestleMania 17. That's it. It hasn't been cool since. And it's not cool when there isn't a trash can involved. There's no trash can. So why do I even care about it? But guess what, folks? 
And thanks, Shane, for giving us a heads up so we know not to watch your two-on-one match with Roman Reigns on Raw. Enough with this. Enough with Shane McMahon as a wrestler. I was reading on the internets. Uh, I think it was whatculture.com. I like that site. That's very entertaining, that, that site. They don't really supply that many rumors. They supply a lot of articles and lists, if you will. But they do sometimes link to stories. And one of the stories they either had or linked to was that the locker room hates the fact that Shane McMahon is getting a push. Of course they do. He's not a freaking wrestler. How old is he? He's not... I, I, I got not. Whatever. He sucks. How about that? Uh, maybe saying he sucks is too strong. What? Here's the bottom line. I don't want to see Shane McMahon wrestle. I don't want to see him involved in a storyline that makes no sense. I'm done with him. Let's move on. No need to see him anymore. And my fear is they're going to make this schmuck champion. I, I really do. I think they're going to do it. They're going to... They're going to actually give the WWE title to Shane McMahon. It's going to happen. But for now, Kofi's still champion. He beat Dolph Ziggler in a cage. So I'm mixed about this whole thing. And I think I've said this before. I like how they brought Dolph back. I I enjoyed the whole it should have been me thing. I did. I I liked it. It felt real. It felt cool. Uh, I think Dolph's a really entertaining performer. He's been around for a while, and I I think it makes sense. Hey, it should have been me. Hey, I'm the entertainer. I'm the really good wrestler. I'm the guy the crowd loves. Should have been me. Love it. The problem, I guess, that I had with it is how infrequent he's around. And so what seems to happen with Dolph is he disappears. He does a stand-up act. And, And by the way, good for him. I'm not criticizing him for doing that. I'm just saying, as a viewer, it's tough to take him that serious when he's gone. Then he comes back, and all of a sudden we're supposed to think he may win the WWE Championship. It feels forced. And so I liked the gimmick. I liked the angle. But it just felt ultra predictable because of the fact there's been no build to Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler isn't around anymore. And after this match... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll give us another Kofi Dolph match. I have no idea. Once this feud is over, he's probably going to disappear again. Or if he doesn't disappear, he's going to go nowhere. And so I think that's the disappointing aspect of it. Uh, As far as the cage is concerned, I love the blue cage. Don't give me this stupid, you know, I'm in a, what do I even call the cage they use tonight? There's got to be a name for it. You know what I mean, though. I love the blue cage, the old school Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy blue steel cage. But I will give credit where credit is due. I did think the the way they ended the match was creative. I thought Kofi flying over Dolph through the door was at least creative. And, and sometimes I think we're looking for that because we've seen it all, right? If you've watched wrestling for a long time the way I have, if you've watched everything basically since 1987, you're looking for something a little bit different. That was a little bit different. But the WWE Championship continues to be a clear number two to the Universal Championship. And as we sit here today at the closing of Stomping Grounds, we need better feuds for our champions. We need something to really bite our teeth into going into SummerSlam. You've got the Brock Lesnar idea. 
I don't know what they're doing with Brock. I don't know if they're going to schedule a match at SummerSlam or if it's or if his shadow is just going to kind of be above everybody. I do get the sense that his cash-in may actually be for the WWE title just to, to swerve us a little bit. And then when he does cash in, we go back to asking the same question we ask all the time, how long can he be a part-time champion? But as we get towards July, and I know we've got one more pay-per-view before SummerSlam, we've got Extreme Rules, they got to give us something to bite on. Right now, I got nothing. You know, Right now, I've got Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are a couple. Who cares? I don't care that they're a couple. I don't, I'm not emotionally invested in Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch the way we were for Macho Man and Elizabeth. So don't force it down my throat. You think the people love John Cena and Nikki Bella? I didn't care. And by the way, they're not married. They're dating. They may be broken up in two weeks. They may be seeing other wrestlers by that point. Do not continue Becky and Seth Rollins being a thing because, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, I do not care. For Kofi, just give him a better opponent. Same with Seth, too. I mean, I, I mentioned that with Baron Corbin. These guys need new feuds. They need appealing opponents. And they need opponents that we can view as potential champions. Nobody thinks of Baron Corbin as a champion. And because of the start and stop with Dolph, nobody thinks of him as a champion. But stomping grounds is what it is. When you have a pay-per-view that has a brand new name, you know, they pull it right out of their ass and they say, you know what this pay-per-view is? It's Samsung. I'm sorry, I'm staring at a Samsung TV. Yeah, just a random name like a stomping grounds. You know it means nothing. You know there's just nothing to it. They're just filling time. Extreme Rules now has a little bit of a history. We get the deal. We're going to see a lot of extreme matches. And then we've got SummerSlam. And I guess I'll echo what everybody's thinking, and that's let the writing be better. Because a part of why we all forgot there was a pay-per-view tonight is that the TV just hasn't been very compelling. And hopefully that'll change. Now, a couple of things. Coming up on Wednesday, June 26th, it's part two of the John Minko interview, Birth of WFAN. The following day, that's right, a double deucer in one week. The following day, th Thursday, June 27th, we will give you the conclusion of the John Minko interview, part three, which focuses a lot on the continued growth of WFAN, Minko's play-by-play, -play, and an emotional conclusion. I'll just leave it at that. Very, very emotional. Coming up in a couple of weeks for the wrestling fans who are still listening, a SummerSlam main event retrospective. I love these retrospectives. I love it. I'm a geek for it. We go back into the history of SummerSlam, and we will discuss every main event for no more than two minutes. Main event, main event, main event, main event, main event. That is coming up on July 10th. But there's many more Evan Roberts podcasts that are scheduled, like a Nick off-season recap, me and Brandon Tierney, a Brooklyn Net off-season recap, a Best and Worst Met Yankee trade deadline podcast, a SummerSlam preview, you know, this SummerSlam, and a Yankee halfway through the season roundtable discussion. A lot of podcasts. And some instant reactions whenever the hell I feel like it. But for this one, 
this WWE Stomping Grounds Instant Reaction Podcast, I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you that I host a radio show with Joe Beningo Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. That's all I've got to say. Goodbye.